place where people come to know the presence of God in such a powerful, transformative way that they stop being so fixated on everything that's wrong, all the insecurities, all the things that prohibit us and limit us and restrict us. May we be free people because we know who God is and we know who we are in God. And all God's people said, amen. On your way to your seats, will you elbow, high five, hug if you're comfortable somebody, say hello. And Bishop, uh, CJ and such, if you go around and hand, hand these out right now. You are all getting a card right now. So that's, we just talked about one way to be the church, to come to know the presence of God, where we are free and alive and secure in who we are. We also know another way to be the church is to, uh, one of the phrases we use here that I think is really important is that we are trying to be place-based. We are trying to be in an actual place, joining with what God is doing. And I, I just I just continually come back, and it's come up again a lot in this series, come back to the language of John 10.10, 10, that Jesus wants to bring life, and we want to be a place, place that joins in that effort where we are experiencing the life of God and where we are opening up that life of God. And Jesus says there's a thief that tries to steal, kill, and destroy, and where we are dead serious about standing up against the forces, the principalities, the strongholds, the things that bring death, particularly to our young ones. And so we are celebrating 20 years, but we are also looking to what's next. So by this point, did everybody get one of these? Uh, we've got, each week we're trying to highlight a different way to kind of be thinking about this campaign we're doing, also the event that we're going to be doing on October 15th. So we have printed out cards now for you. Um, and uh, for those who are in Chicago, one of the things we're trying to do on this is invite as many people who live in this, anywhere around in this city to come to the event on October 15th. And so... Um, I would love it if you guys prove me wrong. I only printed 250 of these. They're out there. So the, the purpose of these is not for you. The purpose of these, I mean, you can keep one if you really want it, but there's a lot of other ways to see this online. Um, hopefully, you've already been inviting people virtually um, using the, the Evite kind of stuff. Um, this is actually, if you think it would be helpful to have printed things to give to people, give to friends, family, people at work. So take as many as you think you can hand out to somebody. Um, don't take them if you're not going to hand out. There's no sense spending money on the printed things if you're not going to give it to somebody. If you'll give it to somebody, take as many as you can. If we use all 250, great. We'll order another 250 or 500, however many think y'all y'all can do. But we are we are asking, and if you're new, sorry, you're just jumping in on a real important thing. The, the space that's right on the other side of this wall is going to become a beacon, a place of life, a place that protects against death. It's going to do it through athletics. It's going to do it through performing arts. It's going to do it through nature and beauty. It's going to do it through job creation. It's going to do it through community. It is such an important thing. It's going to be such a signature thing um, in the life of our church. And so, um, Carlos, looks like you're up there. Can you go to the slides where it talks about the action steps? It's like towards the end of the prayer praise kind of things. So just to kind of remind you of ways that you can be um, doing this. You can share, I'll, I'll show the links to this in one more second again, so if you wanna get your phones ready to jump on the QR codes, but to, to share the video, either the YouTube one, which I'll give you the link for in a minute, or through Facebook or through Instagram, to invite to the October 15th event, do it electronically or take cards. Um, if you've got friends or family who are not in Chicago, but they will just straight up be ready to donate to it, please consider that. Um, so here's the link to the video. If you wanna grab the QR code for that, that takes us to the YouTube video 
But if you go to the River City or Our City Facebook or Instagram pages, it's there as well. Here is the direct link to the October 15th event. So all the language you could need is already on there. Um, uh, this is this will take you, this is how I wrote the invitations to people. So if it's helpful for you to have some language you can copy and paste, you can go to that link. Did anybody need those? Did we go too fast? Does anybody, shout it out if you need one of those again. Does anybody need one of those or did we get them? We good? Okay. So um, yeah, as bottom line, as part of, if we think of this not only as an anniversary that we're celebrating, but a birthday, 20-year birthday, the best birthday present we can have is everybody contributing to this thing, everybody being very mindful, very thoughtful, very proactive, very prayerful in who they invite. Because to do a place-based, significant kind of contribution like this that promotes life and protects against death, it can't just be our 100-ish people that do this. We're going to need a whole bunch of people that are on board with this. Um, this, is a, this is a project bigger than a 100-person church can do. Um, and so we believe God is calling us to that. Well, I am so, so excited to have Pastor David here. A little bit that I maybe would share about him and New Life Covenant and their, their, their role with us. So New Life Covenant, Assemblies of God, it's a, full, it's a, full, it's a, it's a mouthful. Uh, uh, we are thankful for New Life Covenant. They have been here since, the, I'm sure he'll say more about the history of that church, but they have been in this community since the 1960s. So they are OG, OG in Humble Park and have had an enduring and important influence. You know, they just named one of the inner streets in the actual Humble Park after New Life Covenant because of its um, historic impact here on the neighborhood. So when we started getting ready to turn into a faith community in 2003, we knew that this was one of the first churches that we needed to talk to and get their blessing on, and honestly, wouldn't have even started it if they said, don't start River City. I mean, it was that serious how, how much we took the relationship. And so not only did New Life Covenant um, kind of take us under the wing from very early on, we started in the Congress Theater. Um, that was like cool for like two days. And then after that, it wasn't working super good anymore. And so I didn't know what to do. So we met with uh, New Life Covenant. And they said, well, actually, at the time, they were meeting at Clemente High School. Um, they now have this beautiful building, just like, what are you guys, three blocks from here? Something like that. It's at Kimball and Division, um, home and Division. And uh, uh, they said, well, you know, actually, the church where we started, what we were in for decades at Mozart and Wabanzia, we're not actually in there on Sundays right now because we're in um, we're in Clemente High School. So, you know, we've never let a church meet in there before, but we love you guys. Trust you, it was a really big gesture. And so they let us meet on Sundays in their building. Some of you were around back then. That's an important milestone in the anniversary. So we were there close to a decade. Um, and so our, our, our journey with New Life has always been so intertwined. And so now that we're... 20 years later here celebrating this anniversary. What a gift it is. You know, this was an extraordinary sacrifice. They do two services. Whenever I can, I go to the early one before this. And, uh, but Pastor David skipping the second service to come be with us. He shot over here right from first service. And um, Pastor David is a kind, thoughtful, spirit-filled pastor. Um, I'm so, so thankful for him. I admire him tremendously. So it's a tremendous gift to be able to have him speak into our congregation. So we give a super, super, super warm welcome to Pastor David Marrero. Pastor David. Amen. It's working. It's working well. Well, God bless you. God bless everyone here this morning. How many of you guys excited to are in the church here this morning? Amen. Now, listen, I'm a talkback preacher, uh, and uh, so it's okay for you to say amen whenever it, uh, it resonates with you. It's all right for you to talk back to me, um, and if not, that's all right, too. But I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm glad uh, to have the opportunity to share uh, the word and I'm excited 20 years wow isn't that amazing 20 years 20 years 
20 years, uh, so much has happened within 20 years. Now, I'm just curious, how many, of, uh, how many of you started or came in the last 20 years? Is there anybody here that was like, hands are lifted up? Come on, these are pillars of the ministry. That's amazing. How many were here the last 15 years? Last 15 years, 15 years. Check that out, last 10 years. Last 10 years, last five years. Within the last five years, look at that, and the rest of us, are a part of what God is doing here at River City. Well, God bless everyone here. My name is David, and I serve as the pastor over at New Life Covenant in, in Don Division in Holman, so right around the corner. So we are neighboring friends and partners um, in uh, serving the kingdom. So again, it is my honor to be here. I'll give you a little bit more uh, context on New Life Covenant just so that you can know uh, how uh, we all came together and how we are able to do ministry with one another. And hopefully, by the time I'm done sharing, we can hear each other's hearts, right? How our hearts are knitted and how our hearts are desiring for the same things to happen in our community. This is our community. And I believe that God is going to use not just one church, but the church uh, to be able to bring great impact into the ministry. Pastor, thank you for inviting me. It is my honor. It is my, priv my honor and privilege to be able to serve you and serve uh, the church, your heart is gold. Your heart is gold. And how you labor and how you serve not only the local church, but how you serve the church, the community, the people. We just want to acknowledge you and just say thank you. Thank you. I grew up, I grew up as, a, as a PK, and I know what it is to see my parents um, go through the storms and go through the trials and tribulation. It's one thing for you to sit in that chair and go through it, and it's another thing for people to sit back and judge from a different perspective. And I know firsthand, growing up in the church, growing up as a PK, and now sitting in that chair, the challenges that it comes. And through it all, and through it all, you could have quit, you could have gave up, you could have let go, you could have stopped, but through it all, you sustain it with the power of God, with your family, and because of that, there are people here and there are many others that are not here that have been impacted by your ministry. So thank you for not quitting. Thank you for not giving up. And thank you for accepting, accepting the call. So we bless you again. We are grateful uh, for you. Uh, just a little bit about myself and a little bit about New Life Covenant. The church started in 1965. Uh, we've been in the community, the church, the original home. Some of you are aware of it as you guys were there for 10 years. 10 years you guys were able to uh, be in there. It's on Mozart and Wabansia back in 1965. My dad is the founding pastor of the ministry. Uh, so I've grown up in Humble Park. I've been able to see uh, the changes throughout the years. And as God has con had continued to bless us as a church, there was a transition from my father uh, to some of you who may be familiar with, with Pastor Choco. And Pastor Choco was there serving as the lead pastors for 15 years. And uh, just a few short years ago, he transitioned out into another role and position through the Assemblies of God in the executive office in Springfield, Missouri. Still very much well connected with us um, and helps do ministries alongside us, uh, but has taken on a new role. And God has allowed me uh, with his grace to be able to lead the campus in Humble Park. There are nine uh, total churches all together, five in the state of Illinois, and then there are, the rest of them are throughout um, the U.S. 
So God has really been um, gracious to us throughout the years. The theme of New Life Covenant is a church for the hurting. And the reason I'm giving you some context is because as you hear me share, you're going to really resonate because it is really the heartbeat of this ministry. It is the heartbeat of the church, that the church should go outside of these four walls, that it should not be limited into just brick and mortar, but we're able to reach people where they are. Uh, so we're going to dive a little bit deep into that here in a few moments, but God, uh, God is in this place, and I'm excited to hear the vision that your pastor has. I'm excited uh, that it is thrown out there because it is the responsibility of the church. It is the responsibility of the church. This is a vision. There's a vision that is in this house. What is a vision? A vision is casting something that does not exist. It is not there. Now, whose vision is this? This is not your pastor's vision. This is God's vision. Your pastor is only the bridge to relate the information. God used prophets to relate messages. And your pastor felt from the Lord that it is our responsibility and our call in the season to be able to not only purchase a land but to be able to build and establish something there that the community can benefit from that that the gospel needs to be used in measures that go beyond a Sunday morning and there is a vision that is in this house that is requiring the church to be a part of the same way there was a vision to be able to establish the ministry a vision to be able to move into this location with, with what it was to what you are sitting here. And if it wasn't for the pillars and the people that sustained, many people came and others left, but there's many that have restained and been able to help come alongside of this vision. How many of y'all believe in the vision that is in this house as we are reaching people where other people don't want to reach? We are reaching people in areas and communities where other people are afraid of, but yet there is an audacious vision that is in this space to be able to do the just that. So I come alongside with you as I pray and ask the Lord to make a way where there seems to be no way. Vision is scary because you have no idea how you're going to pay for it. Uh, vision is scary because you have no idea how you're going to do it. It is a scary thing, but the beauty about it is that it is not our responsibility to worry. It's just our responsibility to respond. God would multiply it. God would do what he needs to do. What is our responsibility? Keep planting the seeds. Harvest is not your responsibility. All you and I got to do is keep planting the seeds. God is going to connect us with the right people. The people that say no, that's all right, because ultimately it ends up in God's hands. It's his responsibility. If it's his vision, then his vision will prevail. And our desire is that you're a part of this vision, the temple, of, uh, of, uh, the temple that was built in the Old Testament, visioned by David, fulfilled by Solomon, was built by the people. It was built by the people. And here's how it happened. So um, David shares the vision to the people. People started to bring their own gold. They started to bring their own silver. They started to bring their own possessions. They brought it forth to build the temple. Not only did the people do it, but the Bible says that the leaders did it. And when the leaders did it, the people that saw the leaders do it, they were celebrating the fact that this was a community this was a church thing doing God's work so we celebrate everyone and everything that's happening here 
through the people because it is through the people that God is going to build his kingdom. How many say amen to that? I have a, before I continue going here, I have a special video that I wanted, uh, I want to share with you. It is a surprise, uh, specifically it's a surprise for pastor, uh, but for some of you who may be familiar, uh, pastor um, uh, Daniel just shared a little bit about the history and he used the term of new life covenant, but at that time, pastor Choco was the senior pastor of the ministry and he's the one that was able to sit down and make a way for River City to come alongside and use our facility uh, for 10 years as you started to plant and grow the church. So here, I want you to pay attention to the screen if we have it, and we want to show you a message that is coming from Pastor Choco. If we have that, we could throw it up. There you go. Hey, God bless you. This is Pastor Choco. Uh, I want to wish a happy 20th anniversary to my friend in the church, River City Church. What a milestone, 20 years of ministry. We celebrate the two decades of faith, community, and growth, but also look forward to the future and with renewed hope and fresh vision for the next 20 years to come. Daniel, I remember when you first started the ministry there. What a joy it is to see you develop and grow your ministry, your family. May God continue to add to you many more years of victory uh, there in your, in your church. To the leadership of River City, always live in the battlefield of vision. We celebrate the 20 years, but we believe that God has more for you and your ministry. So on behalf of my wife and I, we celebrate you all. Congratulations on your 20-year anniversary. We love you guys. Peace be with you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. If you're able, would you do me a favor? Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? I like to do that because um, when the President of the United States enters into a room, everybody who was sitting ends up standing for his presence. Uh, I was just in a meeting with the mayor, and the moment that he stepped into the room, every person that was in that room stood up in their presence. How many of y'all believe that when uh, God is being spoken about, that it is in his presence, we should honor him and stand to our feet. So we're going to pledge allegiance to him. I want to read you Matthew chapter 22, uh, 36 through 40. And this is what it reads. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? They're speaking to Jesus. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And these two commandments depend on, depend all the law and the prophets. Today I want to speak to you about building the church God's way. Building the church God's way. Father, I pray that your word would come forth and that your anointing would break yokes, that our minds would be opened up and that we would receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Building the church God's way. The church as we know it is not made up of brick or mortar. Rather, it is a community of people. The church in Greek is called ecclesia, meaning it is an assembly of people. That is what the church means, where 
did it all start or where does the church start? Listen, anytime you build something, if it's a structure or a home, you always start with the foundation. You never start above that. You always begin from the bottom. Before your framing or before levels, the foundation is essential for the stability of what you are building. Now, I, I want to show you this picture is, is the picture of Pisa. Uh, this is a historical building in Italy. It is, began in construction in 1173, and uh, it was built on a foundation. Now, there was a season in time when this building, um, that they had to stop doing construction. And in that time frame where they stopped having construction, the foundation began to settle. And as it settled, you can see that there was a great tilt that happened in the building. Now, many people go to Italy just to look at this building as it is as far as 15 feet slanted from the ground. They have done work to try to stabilize the building so that it does not tip over. They are secure, but there is a constant check-in. Why? Because of the foundation. Uh, the foundation is not strong enough to hold it up straight. The foundation needs to be evaluated and it needs to be looked at. And that is the reason why if the foundation is right or if it's not right, what you're building will never be able to hold. This is why Jesus in himself, in, 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 in preaching on the Mount, he, he's giving an analogy of a man who builds on a solid rock and another man who builds on sand. That when the winds and the storms come, the one that builds on the solid rock is the one that will sustain the storm. But the one that builds on the sand, that when the wolf comes and he huffs and he puffs, the building would come down. Uh, the problem with that is that it doesn't just impact you, but when a building comes down, it impacts everybody that is in there. Your spouse gets impacted, your children get impacted, your friends get impacted. That what we do, because we are not responsible enough to hold down what we're supposed to do, we are impacting other people. We all know that the rock, the foundation we speak of has to be Jesus Christ. That he is the foundation of our life. He ought to be the foundation of your marriage. He ought to be the foundation of your faith. He ought to be the foundation of your finances. He ought to be the foundation of your mind, of your soul. He ought to be the foundation of every piece of your life. The, 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 the essential of building your church are really founded, watch this now, in activating the fruit of the Spirit. So when we talk about we're going to build our foundation, we know that Jesus needs to be the cornerstone. And as we continue to build, the Bible gives us nine virtues we can bear when we are in Christ. And it is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and this is what it reads. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no what? There is no law. Coincide that with what Jesus said when they asked him, which is the greatest commandment of them all. It doesn't surprise me that the very first attribute mentioned is what? Love. 
The very first attribute that is mentioned is love. There could have been other attributes which it would have been okay. But yet there is an attribute that is foundational which is love. Because even amongst the other virtues, the fruit of the spirit, the foundation needs to be built on love. The commandment is built on love. Christian character is built on love. When Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment? His response was what? Love God, love people. You, you, you've got these individuals, you've got these religious um, teachers that are trying to corner Jesus so that they can um, use it against him. And yet Jesus does not attack the Ten Commandments. What he does is he looks at it and says all of these commandments hinges on these two things. See, some of us, the first commandment we go is the one that we want to use against someone. It's a sword so that we can have the upper up in our approach to people. We have a sword and we begin to cut people. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And this is exactly what is happening here. That when they ask Jesus, which is the greatest commandment of them all? He says, thou shalt love. Well, wait a minute. Thou shalt love is not even within the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you don't get it. Thou shalt love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. All of these commandments is hinged on love. It is the foundation. Why? Because God is love. You're in Christ and Christ in you. It is all about love. The fact that we are able to be in relationship with God is simply put the grace of God. The grace of his love. You and I do not deserve to have his grace. We should have been struck a long time ago. We should not have the right to be in relationship. How many of us will literally stay in a relationship where adultery is consistent? How many of us will stay in a relationship where you cannot trust? Reasons why marriages break up because there is no trust. Somewhere down the line, they have grown apart, but yet God extends his love. Because his love is agape. It's not, it's not the phileo type of love. It's not the friendship type of love. It is agape, which means unconditional. It's deeper than just saying, I love you. It is literally a covenant. God says, I love you. It's very similar to the marriage vows, which we many don't keep. But yet God says, I keep my vows. This is why God himself says that I am not man, that I shall lie. That I am God, that I am the creator of heaven, and I am the creator of earth. Love. Everything hinges on love. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, that love is the foundation for building the church God's way. Love is the foundation to building the church his way. It's not my way. It's not our way. It's not our thoughts. It's not our opinion, but it's God's way. Love is the very core of who God is. You and I, we're all recipients of God's love. We're here today because we are recipients of his love. We're here today because we're recipients of someone else's love. We're recipients of someone's care, someone's tenderness, we don't belong here in our minds and in our hearts. We don't even deserve to be sitting in this space. But someone opened up their house and because of that, I have been graced with love. Uh, someone fed me. Someone took care of me. Someone loved me when I was unlovable, when I've lost my mind. Someone stood there. They loved me beyond I deserve, but someone did it for 
me, love is so powerful that it can change someone's life. Love is the practice and behavior of a healthy church. Love, not law. I'll say that again. Love, not law. Love, not law. Law is there to set boundaries for us, but love is what breaks people's yokes. Law don't break people's yokes. Ask the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Was love the access to freedom or was law the access to freedom? The Bible says that this woman was caught in the act of adultery. She was 110% guilty. Here's my question. And I don't have enough time to talk about this. But why is it that the woman is thrown at the feet of all of these men? Where was the man at? Because I don't know about you. It takes two to. Yet they grab this woman. And they throw her in the center. And they begin to throw law. Jesus comes into the narrative. And as they see this woman. That is literally ashamed. I can imagine, the Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine that Jesus had, had some sort of, of claw that he covered her because when they threw her, she was naked. Covering her shame, that's exactly what Jesus does. Jesus loves us so much that he is willing to cover our shame. He looks upon every single person that had a stone because law stated that if you were caught in the act of adultery, you shall be stoned. So they had all the right to stone her and Jesus intercedes interrupts the very moment he gets down on the ground and I'm not sure what he is writing but is it possible that he's writing the sins of those that were around him is it, is it possible that as he is striking his hand on that sand that there is a message for them to read because, because he's recognizing I am here now offering love not law Jesus looks at these individuals and tells them, ye without sin cast a first stone. From the oldest to the youngest. From the oldest to the youngest. Read your Bibles. From the oldest to the youngest. The Bible says that they drop their stones. From the oldest sin to the youngest sin. I want to tell you that God not only covers your shame, but he has also covered all of your sins. From the sins of your past to your present sin. That when Jesus died on that cross, he covered it all. Jesus just didn't die for the moment. He died for past, present, and guess what? He also died for future. That we are covered by his grace. We are covered by agape. We are covered by his law. Love is the practice and behavior of a healthy church. Jesus, he showed love. But you can't stop there. Because Jesus looked at this woman and said, ye without sin, cast the first stone. He looked at this woman and then said, go and sin no more. In other words, love has to reciprocate. Relationship is only built when two people are committed to each other. The Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. We already know God is committed. Are we committed to him? Can we accept his love and walk according to his desires? Love in action it never begins with a dozen of roses. But love in action, it begins with seed. Whenever you have roses or someone gives you roses, that wasn't the beginning. That is the product of a seed that was planted. The house is the finished product of the foundation that was built on. Without the planting or the laying of the foundation, there is no product. What is God asking of us here to do? We ought to plant seeds of love. 
It is not our responsibility when it comes to the harvest. That falls on the Lord. But God is asking us, can we throw seed? Can we throw love? Can we show grace the way that God has shown grace to us? Can we show how Christ showed the church on how to respond? Can we forgive those that offended us? Can we be slow to speak and not always trying to defend our cause, but yet allow the Holy Spirit to be before us? Can we operate with the fruit of the Spirit? Why? Because the world is watching. People are watching. Your family members are watching. So if you just blow up in the moment, then what they're going to look at is the God that you worship. We have to take responsibility for who we are. And we have to take responsibility for our faith and action. And God is saying, listen, I am not saying that there is no value in law. What I am saying is love before law. Love before law. Plant the seed. Disciple people. Disciple people. The foundation that I speak of is to first love what? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That we ought to love God with all. Jesus says, to seek ye the kingdom of God first. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Again, this is him preaching on the mount, the greatest sermon that was ever spoken. And Jesus, prior to that, he starts talking about worry, concerns. Because you and I, we would have a lot of concerns here on this earth. And Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow. Matter of fact, let worry worry about itself. He even gives his word and says, if I feed and take care of the birds that in the, are in the air, what makes you think that I'm not going to take care of my own creation? Of my own people? Seek ye the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all these other things. In other words, God doesn't dismiss what we go through here on earth. What he is saying is, seek me first and all of these other things will be taken care of. Seek ye the kingdom of God first. If you're going to be the church, then we have to love God first. And we have to love God as our foundation so we can love our neighbor with the love of God. Sometimes I don't want to love people the way that God wants me to love people. Uh, sometimes I don't want to turn the other cheek. I grew up in Humble Park. I grew up in the hood. And I have this mindset that, 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 that revenge is mine. Not says the Lord, but says David. But yet God is teaching me a new way. God is teaching me how to think. God is telling me how to live out my life. We're going to be the church that we have to love God and love our and love our neighbor. I sat in a meeting with the mayor with these, these other clergies this, this, past, this past week. And as we're having this discussion, it was about the immigration crisis that is happening. And they're laying down the groundwork of what the city is doing and how the church can come alongside and help and support. So we're here with ears listening. Now, I can do one or two things. I can sit there. And look at this politically and try to give a political answer or I can move that to the side for the moment and put my pastor heart on and recognize that the people are already here 
And as the people are already here, what am I doing about those that are already here? As a pastor, I don't think that I am the pastor of New Life Covenant. I think that I am the pastor of Humble Park Community. I see myself larger than just the four walls of the church. I see myself as the pastor of the city of Chicago. I see myself no matter where I step. So if I step into my house, guess what? I am the pastor of my house. And all that means is that I am the shepherd. And when I think about shepherding, I have to look at what a shepherd does. There is needs that are in our community, which is why your pastor has a vision to be able to set up a territory, a space for children. How many of us believe in children and that our children need a safe place? Need a place where they don't have to be afraid, but a place where they can be matured or, 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 or be nurtured and be spoken into. Someone that can speak life into their soul. There's a vision that is in this house because there is a need. And with need, there's great responsibility. And you have a pastor that is thinking behind, uh, beyond River City. He is looking at this community and he is saying, I have to pastor this community. I have to pastor this city. And this is the responsibility, not that one man has, but the body of Christ has. The mission is great. But can I tell you, is the mission greater than God? The mission is great, but is there anything impossible for God? If I can just have a few people that have faith that God can move that mountain that's before us, can you imagine that we can do everything we set our minds to do? There's a vision that is in this house because there's a great need. And it doesn't just fall on one man, but it falls on all of us. I believe as a church, God has called us to be shepherds. Go with me to John chapter 10 verses 11 through 15. I love this scripture because it puts a good framework. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The higher hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. A shepherd has some responsibility as they tend the sheep. We all know that sheep are not intelligent. Sheep are food for the prey so as the shepherd they would watch over protect guide and feed and according to jesus the hired hand is not a shepherd because a hired hand will abandon his sheep when the wolf comes a hired hand is a person who has a vision but when hard time comes they don't fulfill the vision a hired hand looks at what they can gain from the opportunity rather what People can gain from the opportunity. The higher hand is there for the money and not the love. Do you think that your pastor wants distress on his life? Do, do, you, do you think, and I'm listening to me, you don't think that he sleeps at night thinking, how am I going to raise $700,000? You, you don't think that weighs on him? How many of us, we go at 
sleep at night with weight that we carry. The hired hand is there for the position, for the power, for the credentials. But the hired hand is not there for the love. Love is what endures the storm. What makes you think this church has survived 20 years? Love is what helps the attacks when, when, when tragedies and moments and times are difficult. That's why when you build a life outside of love, your reaction to any threat is to abandon the good in your life. God does not want you to abandon. Jesus in conversation is starting, is stating that he is the good shepherd. That good means this. It means approved. It means excellent. It means superior. It means superb. First class. Have you ever ridden in first class? Oh, they treat you much better than those in their second class. We made a mistake with my, my dad. My dad, I told you, he's the founding pastor, and uh, he, you know, he now lives in Puerto Rico. We were just with him, and uh, several years ago, uh, you know, my family and I, when we purchased the tickets, uh, we were like, hey, man, we, let's get dad, let's bless him. Let's get dad first-class tickets. Now he accepts nothing less than first-class. <laughs> Good, it, it, it means first-class. Good means complete Remember the creation in the beginning, what did God said That it was good. In other words, it was complete. Jesus is saying that he is an excellent shepherd. That he is a good shepherd. That he is the one that would not abandon us. He is the one that would protect us and not leave us, which is why we are the co-shepherds. So as he is the shepherd, David, the psalmist, who was a shepherd himself, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not Want what and he leads me right beside um, um, green pastures and and quiet still waters. You you recognize that as a co-shepherd, whatever you're responsible over, that he is the true shepherd. So when you don't know, you got someone you can go to to give you some advice. You got someone that will protect you and your cause. You got someone that would celebrate you, and you got someone that won't be threatened by you. God is not threatened by us. He will celebrate you, one that is in covenant with you. He's reminding us that no one hired him. No one hired him. No one paid him. No one guilt him. No one enticed him. I'm bringing a closure. Jesus' choice of giving was not a hired hand, but a loving hand. Not a hired hand. He did this because he loved us. His description of good shepherd is one who lays down his life for his sheep. Laying down is humbling yourself for a greater cause. Can you imagine Jesus God coming from heaven to earth? For 33 years living as a man. Can you imagine the humility it took so that he can rescue us from our sin? That's vision. God had a vision. God not only had a vision, but he fulfilled the vision. There is a vision that comes from God. And if we stay in the vein of what God has called us to do, I'm here to tell you the, 20, the next 20 years of this ministry is going to be greater than the former 20 years. It's going to require much sacrifice from the people. It's going to require much sacrifice, much sacrifice with you. When uh, the church, when you guys were renting the building for, for 10 years, 
Our church had outgrown the space that we were at that we went over to Clemente High School and we were there, I believe, for another 10 years. We're going to actually celebrate 10 years in our building where we're at now in this December. Those 10 years, we had a team that every single week would set up and break down. Multiple services will be there at 6 o'clock in the morning and we won't leave till about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We begin to grow to a place where we had to add a Saturday service. Why am I saying this? Not to glow. I'm telling you because it required the people to make sacrifices. It required for people to believe in the vision and say, what do I have to do to support the vision of God in advancing his kingdom? That if it's about him, then let's make it about him. There's a vision about laying down foundation. And it's going to require much sacrifices. It is about the lost. It is about the broken. It is about the batter. It is about the next generation and their physical and spiritual health. I love to see the kids up here. And I love the fact that the people are just extending their hands towards the children. Recognizing that this is our future. That the future is not tomorrow. The future is literally right now. We've got to invest in the now. Because they are going to lead the way in our tomorrow. What is love? It is volunteering yourself the same way Jesus volunteered to lay down his life. It is beyond being a hired hand. You know what it is? It's about having a servant's heart. I do this for Jesus. He's been too good. I could have. I could have quit a long time ago. Matter of fact, the stuff that has happened to my family and I. Throughout the years, could have given me all the reasons on why I should not be doing what I'm doing right now. I could have, I could have gave up on God. My father as a pastor could have gave up on God. And I'll share this piece that my pastor being, my father being the senior pastor at that time, um, lost a son to gun violence. Can you imagine what that is? That you are about the hurting, you are about the broken, you are about the people, and yet those very people that you're reaching end up killing one of your children could have growing up in that I could have told myself I don't want no part of that but love changed me and love is my motivation for those that don't know Jesus I want you to stand to your feet to volunteer is to serve I won't read the scripture to you but in John chapter 21 we all know the story of Peter, and if you follow the story of Peter, there's a lot of events that you can pull from his life. John chapter 21 is the event post-resurrection where Jesus now reappears to Peter and has a conversation prior to that. Before Jesus' arrest, we know that Peter denied Jesus for uh, denied Jesus three times. Peter's had an up and down type of relationship and God loved Peter through and through. That even beyond the prediction of Peter denying him, the Bible teaches us that as they have the last supper, imagine what Jesus is doing. Jesus is washing his feet. Knowing that you're going to fail me, knowing that you're going to deny me, he washes his feet. Jesus gets arrested. Jesus goes on the cross. He lays down his life for people like Peter and post-resurrection they have this conversation and the Bible says that Jesus asked them Peter do you 
love me? Three times he asked him the question, do you love me? I believe this is the reinstatement of Peter. This is Jesus bringing confidence back into Peter saying, I died for you. I've given my life for you. I love you and I still believe in you. Peter, do you love me? This time it was a different type of tone because when the first time Peter, uh, Jesus was addressing this, Peter was like, of course, I would never deny you. There was an arrogance to his tone. This time it was humbling. Jesus, you know that I love you. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Peter, yes, Lord, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Okay, Peter, if you love me, he says, tend my sheep. Matter of fact, I think he uses the word tend my lamb. And then the third time he says, Peter, yes, Lord. You love me, Lord. You know I love you. Then he says, Go feed my sheep. Jesus could have said, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then obey my commandments. Jesus didn't say that. You know what Jesus said? Go feed my sheep. This is why Jesus gives the analogy that if there is one that has left the 99, I'm going to go after the one. Who is the 99? Do you know who the 99 is? The 99 is the church. Because iron sharpens iron. We ought to be with each other, grow with each other, love with each other, care for each other, disciple each other. Keep each other accountable. And Jesus says, you already saved. But when I came down to this earth, I didn't come for saved people. I came for unsaved people. So I'm going to leave you. Do not neglect coming together, but I'm going to go after the one. He's always about the one, and he's always about being the shepherd to the sheep. Protecting, feeding, caring. And I believe that is our mission. That when God searches our hearts, he's asking us the very same question that if he would ask you today so and so do you love me when I count to three I want you to shout out your name ready one two three do you love me and if your response is yes then go feed my sheep this is what we're doing here at River City this is our commission this is our assignment because we're a church that goes outside of these walls. Jesus in season and Jesus out of season. Jesus all the time. This is not a light switch where we turn on and we turn off. The Bible says that you and I ought to be the salt and the light of the earth. Darkness is not something that was ever created. For the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and when he said let there be darkness was already there you know what darkness is darkness is absent of light but when light comes in then there is no darkness this is why Jesus says to be the light he is the sun we are the moon the moon does not produce its own light the moon only reflects the sun and Jesus is saying I need you to reflect the sun to the world go feed my sheep 
I want to end it with a time of prayer and I do want to do this because if there's anybody that is here from the sound of my voice that maybe life has been difficult and life has been hard and there's been many challenges and maybe your experiences have not left you with the great taste of Christianity or Christ in himself and there is much this confusion that is within you. I want to tell you here that God is not man. Man might have abandoned you or failed you or hurt you but God is not man Jesus came for the battered he came for the broken he came for the lost he came for the confused and I'm here to tell you I am the number one person that puts my name on that list I need Jesus who am I without Jesus who am I without his grace I don't do this because I have the gifts I do this because the anointing is on me the anointing is on you he has given you the power to lead he has given you the power to to parent he's giving you the power to be a shepherd amongst those that you are responsible over every eyes closed and head bowed if you're here today and you just want to receive the love of Jesus all I'm going to ask you to do right where you're at is just to lift up your hands. It's between you and the Lord. Do you love me? And if that is you, just say, Pastor D, that is, that is me. Just, just quickly lift up your hands and bring it right back down. One, two, three. That is you. Lift up your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. You're acknowledging God. The Bible says that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. This life we have here on earth, it is a journey. Every single day, we're working at it. And God is going to give you the grace. We're going to worship. Before I worship, I'm going to pray for those that lifted their hands. And I'm going to let the worship team just kind of take us in. And following the song that your pastor would come up and he will take the steps from there. But let me cover you in prayer. Father, I pause for a moment. And those that lift up their hands, I ask Holy Spirit that right now you will speak to them. And it is by faith that we shall be saved. There is no works we can ever do, but only by the grace of God. And I pray, Lord, that the hands that were lifted up, that you would pour your love inside of their hearts, that this journey begins today, that they would embrace who you are, that they would embrace your love. You are a God that loves us despite of us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are with us. So breathe your comfort and the same breath, Lord, that created the world and in its existence, breathe inside of us. Give us a new life. Give us a new heart. Renew us, O oh Lord, that when we walk out of this place, that we will not walk, uh, walk out the same. So we accept you. We believe, Lord, that you are Jesus, God of heaven and earth. That you lived, that you died, and you've resurrected. And all of my sins have been covered because of your loving grace. I accept that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. spirit blow what a good word we got today from pastor david thank you pastor david let us build on the foundation of love may we go into deeper and deeper places loving the lord our god with all of our heart soul mind strength loving our neighbors ourselves you know it probably seems normal for like one church to support another church in the neighborhood like this but you know especially in chicago it ain't actually very normal I don't know if you all know this. No one clergy around the country. Chicago is legendary for how competitive churches are with each other. Do you know that? I'm so worried that somebody's going to leave one church and go to the other church. So to have a 20-year friendship like this, to have the, the kind of 
the OG church in our neighborhood. Love and nurture and support. It really does mean a lot. So thank you, Pastor David.